0: I invite you to plant your feet on the earth, slow down, tune in, and get ready to create a life of meaning and magic. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of The Wellpreneur Podcast. You know, we like to mix things up here on the show. And sometimes we have more casual conversations talking about like lifestyle and mindset and that kind of stuff. And other times we have just action packed, you need a notebook. Oh my gosh, here's your new marketing strategy type of like masterclass kind of interviews. And that's what today's interview is. Today I'm talking with Louise Cottrell from travelpinners.com. And we're talking all about Pinterest strategy. So Pinterest, it's still a huge source of leads and traffic for many websites. And as Louise shares in today's interview, recipes are over 50% of the pins on Pinterest. So it is super relevant for us wellpreneurs who might need to share either our own recipes or who have clients that are interested in healthy recipes. So, this is one of those interviews you're definitely going to want a notebook handy because Louise walks us through setting up our Pinterest strategy, how to decide what kind of boards to create, how often to be creating them, what kind of tools to use to get support, how to make your images extra pinnable, and more. So, if you've thought about using Pinterest for your own website marketing to start to generate new traffic streams, you're going to really love this episode. Okay, wellpreneurs, let's talk about Pinterest and how you can bring new visitors to your website by pinning your recipes and your posts and other things on Pinterest. Hi, Louise. Thanks for joining me on the show today. Thanks for having me, Amanda. It's great to be here. So, Louise, we met in Bangkok about a month ago, and when we started talking, I was really excited to have you on the show because you're a Pinterest expert And Pinterest is actually something that I think works really well in health and wellness, but we haven't talked about very much on the podcast.
1: So I'm really excited to have you here sharing your tips with us. Awesome. Yeah, I want everybody to know how they can use it and and take advantage of all its great features to uh, grow their businesses and get more traffic to their websites.
0: Awesome. So first of all, I have like just my gut feeling when we start is that Pinterest was so hot a couple of years ago and people don't really talk about it so much anymore so kind of give us your take on where is Pinterest in the industry? Like, is it still worthwhile to focus on? What kind of industries is it best for? That kind of thing.
1: Oh, yeah. It's still definitely worthwhile. It's grown a lot in the past year. It's gone from 100 million monthly active users up to 150 million monthly active users. And um, it's gotten more international. We're seeing signups from all over the world. Um, it used to be more heavily American, U.S.-based user base. and yeah, it's a place that, you know, people have always relied on to get traffic. And now it's definitely opening up for the e-commerce entrepreneurs and the uh, the selling of products as well as services. And again, it's people who are looking for uh, guidance. They're looking for information of how to better their lives, of planning for the future and, and things that they're aspiring to. So it definitely makes sense in the health and wellness space um, to be on there and to be sharing your content.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think most people on Pinterest, it tends to skew female. Is that right?
1: It used to be 80% female to 20% male. And it's sh- starting to shift more towards about a 60-40 breakdown. Oh, right. Okay, so cool.
0: Because I think a lot of people, I mean, obviously we, we are targeting both genders. There's people targeting both genders, but a lot of Wellpreneurs are targeting women and so i mm-hmm. think that can make it like an even more appealing platform
1: yeah and it's important to know too that you know if you are creating content for men that pinterest takes into account the the gender selected by the user on each account so they're going to be showing men content directed towards men so you don't have to worry about you know if you are making content for men about sharing that in the women's space you know not to mention the fact that women are often Um, the ones doing researching and planning on behalf of their partners or spouses or or male friends and counterparts. So I wouldn't worry too much about like, you know, oh, are my people on there? What if I'm like targeting more men? Where's my content going? Is this a waste of time? It's not. It's definitely not. Awesome. Cool. So can you kind
0: of walk us through the basics of how we'd set up Pinterest? Because I think people are confused. It it can seem like, well, what am I supposed to be doing? Am I just pinning my blog posts or pinning my products, or should I be repinning other stuff? And what kind of boards
1: do I need? Can you kind of give us that rundown? Sure. So what you want to do first is you want to decide on some keywords. What are the categories on your website? I always tell people to start with their their own sites or their own blogs categories. What are the topics that you are most focusing on in your products or services or just the the content that you're creating. And you want to make boards that go with those keywords. And it's very easy to do keyword research within Pinterest. You can search a single keyword and Pinterest will show you sort of sub keywords in order of popularity in the search results along the top. It'll show you sort of secondary keywords that would go with, with one keyword or with a short phrase that you put in. So you can include those in your board titles and in your board descriptions. You want to optimize your main page of your profile, which has your account name, which you can also add in your keywords. You can put keywords in your about me section that's on the front of your profile too, and include a link maybe to back to your website or or to an opt-in freebie that you have to sort of do lead generation. So then in regards to whether you should just be sharing your own content or mix, I say definitely share a mix of yours and others don't worry too much about, oh, but I don't want to share my competitions content. There's plenty of room for all content. Um, What you want to do is you want to have well curated boards, you want to show your community and your followers. And also, you want to show Pinterest that you are curating great content and not just sharing your own, the more the better. So if you pin consistently, let's say between 15 and 25 pins a day, it shouldn't be all your content. But a healthy mix of yours and other people's is good. And that consistency is is what's going to grow your account and get your pins seen more. The Pinterest smart feed, it doesn't go in chronological order anymore. They changed that a few years ago. So now there is an algorithm that determines based on a few factors, what pins get seen and how frequently. And a lot of it has to do with the image quality. So you want to use high resolution images when you make your pins. The, con- the quality of the content. So if you are leading people back to a page that is described well on your pin so that people don't you know feel misled because you you lure them in with something and then it, the post is actually about something else you don't want to be doing that and pinterest knows also because people are going to be pinning the images from your blog post or from your web page back to pinterest so they'll know that that people are enjoying your content and sharing it more and then again of that consistency element of like are you pinning consistently? Are you populating all of your boards on a frequent and consistent basis? You don't want to leave any boards dormant and just maybe like put 10 pins on a board and then never touch it again because Pinterest is not going to continue showing pins from that board if you do that. So there's a few tricks, but to get started, I would say set up your profile with your boards by topic, start filling them up, invest in a scheduling system. I use Tailwind, which is $10 a month. That's, I think, the best one out there. And uh, fill up a schedule of of consistent pins that are on brand, that are on topic, your products, your content, a little bit of content from other people. And yeah, optimize those descriptions, the board descriptions, the keyword descriptions, etc.
0: Right. Our goal is to curate boards that our ideal customer would be interested in. Mm -hmm. And so it has a blend of our stuff, but also other stuff from competitors, from other people, like just other sources in the industry that we know our people will be interested in so that they're really engaging with our boards. Now, um, when I met you, I made the comment that on one of my websites, I've got this natural beauty website and Pinterest is not my biggest traffic source because that's Google organic search actually, but it's my biggest referral traffic source. Mm -hmm. So it's bigger than Facebook. Now, this is a site I haven't really done very much with in like over a year. And I've done totally the wrong thing on this site. And I'm curious to get your take on it. I think I set up like a couple years ago, I set up my boards on Pinterest, pinned some of my posts and some other things and made really nicely curated boards and then have done nothing with it for like at least a year. But I have to say, like my posts are still getting pinned by other people. Mm-hmm. And so... I think that doesn't actually have to do with my boards. It's probably people finding my blog and because I have a pin it plugin. So when you hover over an image on com, you can pin the image. And I think people are just pinning my recipes. And I'm still getting a lot of traffic from I mean, a decent amount of traffic, probably like a hundred visits a day or something from that. I don't know, I'd have to look, but like quite a decent amount of traffic. So I don't know. Well, I guess that's another way we can do yeah, it too.
1: That's the beauty of Pinterest is that you have user-generated content. So if you look at Pinterest as a visual search engine, it's you know it could be called a social bookmarking tool. It works in the same way as Google as that in that it's ranking the quality of your content based on user engagement, based on shares. And so you don't have to be pinning to your own account for people to be sharing your content on Pinterest. And if you have rich pins set up, which I'll explain in a moment, that content, it's going to be apparent on the actual pin that it comes from your website. And so people who click on that will see, you know, where it's from and they'll see that you have an account on Pinterest that is linked to a verified website. So rich bins are when, when you verify your website, telling Pinterest, you know, this account is connected to this website. And then it's about a five minute activation process. You go in and you just hit a button with a link to one of your posts and it, it checks It asks you to verify that it's pulling the information correctly. And what this does when you set up rich pins is it pulls the metadata, the title, the post, the source that it's coming from, so your website, and then a description that you've put, whatever you put in the alt tag in the images metadata, so in the SEO of your image on your site, it'll pull that information and it'll put it as the pin description. And once you have this set up, it works whether you're sharing stuff or whether other people are pinning stuff directly from your website and to get content pinned directly from your website from visitors on the website it helps to boost you it helps to show pinterest users enjoy this users are are finding this useful and they're saving it to read later or they're saving it to share with their own community and their own following so yeah it's it you know you could take a hands off approach and just let you know install these plugins so that you have the hover button and sort of let it do its thing or you can take a more active role and building up your profile, building up your boards and having a more active part in sharing the content. Both are great. I would I would recommend a combination of the two.
0: Yeah and I think the only reason that's happening for my site is because I have quite a bit of organic traffic. So I think for people listening if you know if you're only getting like you know a 100 or less visits a day, total, you uh-huh. probably need to be a bit more active about it because there just aren't enough people that are going to be sharing your content organically.
1: Exactly. It's a good place to get discovered if you're not already getting a lot of traffic to your blog. For a lot of clients, I've, I've pretty quickly made it their number one social media referral source. And for a few who, yeah, they they started out with very little traffic because they had maybe a new site or a new blog, it was easy to make it the number one traffic driver, actually.
0: Awesome. So what about group boards? Because this is something I see a lot in these uh, marketing groups and even in other like wellness professional groups, people will say like, oh, let's start this Pinterest group board and we can all post to it. What do you think about those and how do they work?
1: This is how they work. When somebody creates a board and invites at least one other collaborator, it becomes a group board. So a lot of people start inviting other people in the industry, whether part of um, yeah, part of marketing groups or, or they're community of other wellpreneurs or whatever their niche is. And people, the goal is to get people pinning high quality content. And the followers of that group board are the people following the original account. So if you create a group board and you have 10,000 followers and another person has 500 followers and they want to grow their account, they want to grow their traffic. It's a smart move for them to write to you and say, hey, I'd love to join your group board. I pin around this topic. I'll pin you know, my high quality content and my high quality images to your group board if you'll accept me. This trick with the group boards, though, is that it depends on how much engagement the group board owner is getting on their account. So just because somebody has 10,000 followers doesn't mean necessarily that the group board is going to be a great place to get uh, engagement, to get shares on your pins, and to get traffic back if the followers aren't you know, repinning the, the content from that person's account. So the only way that I know to sort of check this is after you've been invited and after you've accepted the invitation, I use uh, the Tailwind Analytics Suite. So Tailwind is that scheduling program that I had mentioned, and they have pretty powerful analytics insights. So I go into the board insights and I check sort of the, the repin rates the average repin rates of that board. And I'll also sort of monitor, you know, how, how my pins are doing because maybe they do better than average. You, you never really know until you start actually using the board. Group boards, they used to have, it used to be a more important part of the Pinterest marketing strategy and it's decreased slightly. That being said, if you are getting started, it is smart to do some research. You can use pingroupy.com. It's a group board search engine. It's free to use. And you can search for your keywords in your niche and and find group boards that you can ask to join from there. And so as you're getting started, you'll just have more eyes on your content and people will be discovering your content more and maybe following you or following some of your boards that they discover from, from you having pinned to those group boards.
0: Cool. Can we just let's play a little exercise here where, okay, um, okay, there's certain types of well printers in my audience. And I think it'd be Mm -hmm. fun just to talk about a few of the more common ones and just Mm -hmm. like throw out some ideas of like what kind of boards, if they want to start creating like a curated set of boards, what are some examples for that type of person? So the first one is, and don't worry, I don't expect you to know like everything that these people do, (laughs) but we'll just kind of play with it. So like nutritionists, there's lots of nutritionists in the audience. So like what kind of things might they be curating on Pinterest?
1: Okay, obviously recipes. Recipes are half of the 50% of the content searched and repinned is, is food, food content. So definitely healthy recipes, health tips. Maybe if they're selling products, they could have a board specifically for their products where they can show people sort of a, an additional storefront, if you will. Other products that they recommend, even if they don't necessarily sell them, uh, blog posts about exercise and, and diet, maybe nutritional scientific research and tips about dieting and supplements, and maybe even a board about like, I don't know, health and spirituality or mm, <laughs> anything. Mm-hmm. You can see what people are searching too. like if you're if you're not sure about what you should be pinning about um, Pinterest, if you start filling in the search field, it'll give you some suggestions. And that comes from actual stats about what people are searching for. So you can get a sense from there as well. But I think that to have a a range like this would um, it sort of pulls people in from all different directions, you know, based on what they're searching for. Okay, another big group is yoga teachers. So. The one thing I would say is that if you have videos on YouTube, you can share those and they can be viewed from within Pinterest, but you can't really track the traffic back to the YouTube account. So it's a little bit hard to measure. So if you host the videos on your website, I would recommend linking pins in an image form back to your blog post so that people can see the videos there. Then, of course, you have you know everything to do with the yoga know, lifestyle, the clothes, yoga gear, maybe yoga while you're traveling, yoga for different, you know, yoga for moms, for for pregnant people, yoga for different types of people, uh, for people in different situations, for, you know, travelers like us, yoga for busy people, yoga for business people. (laughs) These are a few different ideas for board titles. And then again, you know, you want to have stuff that your ideal audience would be interested in. So you could also do the healthy food recipes or the products that you recommend that are are maybe nothing to do with yoga, but that are still what interests the yoga community.
0: Yeah, great idea. As you were listing some of those things, I thought, you know, a lot of these boards are going to be the same for all Wellpreneurs, really. Like Mm -hmm. any type of Wellpreneur, whether you focus on skincare or menopausal women or men like building muscle mass, you can include recipes and Mm -hmm. you can include mindset stuff, like a bit of spiritual mindset, you know, inner game type stuff. You can include Mm -hmm. some products that you recommend. So yeah, that's really, I guess you just, what I'm picking up from you is you really think about the entire life, like that ideal customer you have and their entire life and what are all the things related to that they'd be interested in.
1: Yeah. And you can also, you know, if you are selling healthcare supplements, you can have many boards that focus on that and then a few other boards that focus on other things. So it's obvious when somebody arrives to your profile, what it is that you focus on. And you could have boards that are really similar and that just have like a slightly different keyword. And you can post a lot of the same pins. Like you can post the same pin more than once. You can post the same pin to many different boards. And this is also hint-hint how it's so easy to fill up a month's worth of pins at, at twenty-five pins a day is to pin the same pins in different places. And that's fine, you know, it's it's there's a lot of keyword strategy and in making boards that have similar keywords, but you know, you don't have to worry about, oh, I'm being repetitive or oh, I already have a board that's similar to this. Just make them make the other board make a board with, you know, slightly different keywords. And then whatever you find, you can, you find something that fits on all of them. That's totally fine to add them to all those boards.
0: So one of the things I think is a big, it it seems to me is really important on Pinterest is image quality. Mm -hmm. And you've got to have good images or people just aren't going to repin them. And I I feel like maybe that can block some people from getting started there because they just or maybe they haven't had success because their images aren't high enough quality. I don't know. Can you talk about the whole, like, what do our images need to be? to
1: be But yeah, accessible? so there's some statistics around, like, the colors that do better. They say that red and oranges do better than than blues and greens. But, you know, these are just sort of statistics of overall stats coming from Pinterest across all categories. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. What I do say is that, um, I mean, a lot of people, you know, they're getting... High quality stock images or high quality photography, let's say of food, recipes, dishes that they have written up recipes about. And those work well. Stock photography or your own photography, as long as it's high resolution and it's bright and clear, you can see what it is. They always say also, especially if you're selling products, to avoid putting faces on, it, including pictures with faces. So if you're selling clothes, it could be like a neck down photo because you want it to have uh, people want to be able to put themselves in the image or to sort of imagine themselves as, as getting the benefit of whatever you're, you're talking about, whatever information you're providing. So it's definitely is important to have high resolution images, but also you can design your pins using canva.com, which is a free graphic design program that I love. And you want to have text on the pin that makes it really clear what the information is, you know, what the post is about, what information people are going to be getting. And you want to make it big enough so that it can be read on a mobile device. So when you make a pin, you want to use compelling imagery and you want to combine it with big clear text that show because it's just people process it faster. So you want to show people, you know, exactly what they're getting so that they don't have to like see the picture or imagine what it is and, and go down to read the description. If you just give it right to them on the actual image, um, it'll be processed quicker and they're more likely to save it or to explore to to head to your website to read about it. Okay,
0: that's really cool that we can actually use stock photography too. And and I think Absolutely. Yeah, a combination of stock photography with putting some titles on it or putting some text on it with Canva. We talk about Canva all the time. I'm a oh, nice. huge huge Canva fan. <laughs> Me um, too. that makes it that makes it feel a lot easier. I guess for recipes, like you probably need the photo of the recipe, so you'll have to learn to take some good photos. But for, mm-hmm. for other things, yeah, that can absolutely work. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. And you can also make collages, you know, if you have a blog post that has all, you want to do vertical images, always um, portrait style, as opposed to landscape style. But if you only have landscape photos, you can make a collage, you can make a pin with two images, you know, one on top of the other and some text in between them. You could make a multi-image collage, you don't have to worry so much about, you know, oh, I need a vertical image, I need to have a image that I you know, photographed vertically or that I downloaded originally vertically. It's easy to, to change all that up in Canva.
0: What are the common mistakes you see people making on Pinterest?
1: Sort of what I mentioned about uh, horizontal photos are a big no-no. I mean, people are going to be saving those from your website. So don't worry too much about getting all your photos on your website vertical. That's not, not really a big deal. But you do want to have at least one vertical image for each blog post. And hopefully it'll be the, the one that you optimize for Pinterest with the text overlay. Then people putting in too much text or just too small, like the text is too small and it's hard to read. 80% of Pinterest users are searching Pinterest on their mobile devices. So you really need to remember that and keep it in mind when you're designing something, how it's going to look on a mobile device. And then I guess just, you know, either not having descriptions. So like I said, you have to optimize the images on your website in the alt tag field or the alt text field. Of the, when you do the SEO for your image and you put in the title and the caption or whatever, the alt tag field needs to have something because that's what's going to be pulled when people pin something. So I, I just hate seeing pins that say, you know, IMG underscore 5823. I just think like, oh, they missed, missed an opportunity there to get some keywords in, to have a description so that people know exactly what the pin is about and so that the, it will lead to more traffic. If you just, you know, have all horizontal images, low resolution, no descriptions. Those are there was a much less likelihood of those getting shared and of people finding them and, and wanting to sort of click through them to see what's on the other end, see what they'll find on your site.
0: Cool, awesome. Louise, this has been so like information packed. I think people will really, if they wanted, which is fantastic, that's what we love here. So I think if people wanna get started with Pinterest, this is like a total crash course in just what they need to do. You, just using what you've said, like you could totally get your boards up and running and start to drive traffic. How long does it usually take when, if someone's looking at setting up the boards and starting this from scratch, how long does it take before you start to see traffic coming in?
1: So yeah, that's a point of of contention for people who are just getting started with Pinterest because the results don't come as quickly as on other social media channels like Facebook and Twitter. It can take a while for your, your pins to get traction and to pick up steam. I've seen results in as little as a month, but I would say more to hold out and and have patience and not expect anything really until around the three month mark, which i know can seem like a lot for some people but between three to six months is is of consistent pinning and of consistent you know high quality pin creation and sharing to the right places and optimize with your keywords that'll the pinterest algorithm will start to know what your topic is and it'll start to show it to more people who are searching for that information So. You have to give it time. It's sort of like um, trying to rank in Google. Sort of the same SEO principles of like it takes time. It's not going to be overnight. It may not even be in a month. And so a lot of people give up before before they start to see any real growth, which is a shame because when you pin in Pinterest, it doesn't just get seen once. It gets saved and it gets circulated among you know several accounts and could get up to hundreds and hundreds of repins, up to thousands of repins, but over a longer period of time. So you could see something, you know, nine months after the first time you pin it, it could get picked up by a big account and seen by a lot of people. And suddenly you're like, whoa, where did all this traffic come from? And it's a shocker to find out that it was something that you, you had originally shared so long ago, but it can happen. It does happen. Mm
0: -hmm. It's like, it's part of, The part of this strategy, what I call planting seeds, it's like Uh you get your website and then you're basically planting all these seeds all over the internet, which might be like from guest posts or media mentions or going on people's podcasts and having links or pinning things on Pinterest. And over time, those build up and they continually drive you traffic. It's not just something like a tweet that happens once and then it's gone. Exactly. Awesome.
1: Is this something we can outsource? Like, is it possible to get help to do this? Yeah. So if you know your strategy for people with VAs, always tell people is that if you want to outsource this to a VA, make sure you know what you're doing. Make sure that you've either done your research or talked to you know somebody who specializes in Pinterest marketing strategy so that you know exactly what to tell your assistant. I work with clients who want specific help to just rock their Pinterest strategy as opposed to just, you know, handing it off to an assistant or handing it off to a, a VA that runs your social media because it's so unique and so particular but it's definitely something that that can be outsourced as long as as long as you know what your you know what strategy you want to implement and what things you need to do or as long as you're sort of working with a specialist that knows exactly how it works and who can analyze your content and your keywords and your niche to give you a really well thought out strategy
0: Cool. Okay, Louise. Thanks so much. Can you let us know where people can find you or work with you and if they want to get in touch and and chat about Pinterest?
1: Yeah, definitely. So my website is called travelpinners.com. I particularly target the travel industry, but I love working with people from all different niches. I am just like, an avid traveler and very enthusiastic about it, but I'm enthusiastic about a lot of things. So I also work with food bloggers and um, a few e-commerce professionals as well. So I would be happy to hear from, from anybody from the Wellprinter community. I have a checklist that is also, you know, it's directed at the travel industry, but it is applicable to anybody who wants to find success on Pinterest. And you can download that at my website, TravelPrinters.com. And yeah, reach out with your questions. You can contact me through my website and get on my mailing list to get, you know, the latest in Pinterest marketing strategy and the latest tips for my community.
0: Awesome, thank you. And hopefully we will have you over in our Facebook group and to yes, answer some I'm looking questions. forward to it. Yeah, awesome. awesome. So everybody listening, if you've got Pinterest questions, pop over to our Facebook group and you can ask Louise some questions too. Thanks so much for joining us today, Louise. This was awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Wellpreneur Podcast. As always, you can get all the links to everything we talked about in the show notes, which are available at wellpreneuronline.com. And don't forget to pop over to our Facebook group. Let's chat about the episode and talk about how to make Pinterest work for you and your wellness business. Okay, have a fantastic week, and I will hopefully see you in the Facebook group. And then, of course, I'll see you right back here next week for our next episode.